welcome. It's a new podcast episode today. I am here with a really cool guest. Her name is Julia Gerhardt, and she is a part-time reselling mama <laughs> from the information that I got from her social media. So uh, welcome, Julia. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk about it. Oh, I'm, I'm so excited that you... Um, that we found each other <laughs> and that you were willing to come on my podcast to share your cool story about um, your eBay store. Um, yeah. You're currently involved in reselling um, items on eBay. So that's something that I actually know nothing about. And um, I'm a millennial, so I should know everything about that. I, I, <laughs> I feel kind of behind. And when you reached out to me, I was doing research and I thought, how cool. Um, not only is Julia selling items on eBay, she's also working full-time and she also is a mom and a wife. So you have a pretty full plate. Yeah, super full. It's a busy, busy life over here. <laughs> um, so I met Julia because she reached out to me through a mutual friend that we have. Um, I had posted on social media that I was looking for women, uh, small business owners in particular, or um, just women who have a unique experience or story to share. And our mutual friend was like, hey, you know, you know, maybe you guys should link up. And I'm so glad we did because um, I love to support other women and empower other women and just promote women business. So thank yeah. you so much for being with us. <laughs> Yeah, no, thank you. I'm on the same page. I'm all about supporting other women, moms, and entrepreneurs as well. Yes, young women entrepreneurs, yes. Um, so for those that listen regularly, which my couple podcasts I have, <laughs> I like to kind of get some basics down, just some basic information about our guest. So um, our listeners just know who she is and, and who we're talking to. Um, so can you tell us your full name? Sure. It's Julia Gerhardt. And when and where were you born? I was born um, in 1984, so I'm 35, and um, I was born in Annapolis, Maryland. Cool. Um, were you named after someone? Uh, I think I was named after a family member, but no one in particular. I mean, no, not like famous person or anything. <laughs> um, do you have a nickname that you go by? Um, not really. Uh, some people call me Jewel, Jules, Julie, but most people just call me Julia. Julia. Um, I know you said you were born um, in Annapolis, correct? So yeah. where, do you, where do you live now? Um, so now we live in Falls Church, Virginia, which is right outside of Washington, D.C. Oh, cool. Um, how far is that from Washington, D.C., would you say? Uh, it's about 12 miles. So we both, my husband and I both work in Washington, D.C. Oh, wow. Cool. So um, do you practice any type of religion or any type of spirituality? Um, I... Don't, I wouldn't say I practice any type of religion, but I am somewhat spiritual. Um, I do, I like to do like meditations and I like to um, follow some like spiritual 
kind of content people like Gabby Bernstein um, and a few others. So I would say I'm a, I'm a little bit spiritual, but not religious. Cool. I think I'm kind of leaning that, that way too, as I evolve and grow. Yes. So in addition to your eBay store, um, you mentioned, you know, that you work in Washington, D.C. Um, you have a full-time job. So what does that full-time job entail? What do you do? So I'm a consultant and I work with nonprofits and help them out with their fundraising programs. Um, so it sounds really cool, but it's actually very stressful and uh, extremely demanding. And I have been doing it for about 10 years now, and I'm just ready to do the next thing. I'm just ready to move on. I've had enough fundraising and I'm ready to fundraise for myself. <laughs> right. Invest in yourself, right? <laughs> Time to invest in you. Um, well, I hope that comes true for you. You know, I hope that you put that out in the universe. You know, I wholeheartedly believe that will come back. And I think, you know, I think that will come back to you and be eventually what happens. So, yeah, um, I believe too. Awesome. So take me through a typical day in your life. How, what, what kind of goes on for a full-time working mom, wife, and, um, part-time reseller on eBay? Well, so right now it's obviously a little bit different because we're at home. Um, so normally I would be up at like six or six thirty, um, getting the kids ready, dropping them off at various daycares, um, and then commuting into DC, which takes about 45 minutes or maybe an hour even, mm -hmm. um, traffic here is really bad, but right now, um, since I'm working from home full time, I am up around like seven. I still drop my kids off at daycare around eight. Um, and then I come back home or sometimes my husband drops them off. Um, and I come back home and I am, uh, working pretty much until like five, five thirty. I pick up the kids, um, and then bring them home, uh, make dinner. And then tonight, um, after I made dinner, I turned on the TV for them. And then I went into my other office and did some eBay, got some packages, uh, nice. put together, shipped. Um, and then I listed a few things and came back upstairs, mm -hmm. put the kids to bed. Um, and, and then depending on like how I'm feeling, I might go back down to my office, do a little bit more. I might do a little bit more for my full-time job, log back on there, um, or just like do housework, dishes, laundry. Um, and then uh, sometimes if I'm in a phase of working out, I'll try to work out and then go to bed around like 11 or 12. So super busy. So your day is full. Yes, um, very, very, very full. Um, how many children do you have? Um, two. I have one boy, he's five, and one girl, she's two. Oh, sweet. Nice. Yeah. Oh. Um, so how many hours a week do you think you spend on your eBay business, would you say? So, so right now, it's not um, that many. I would say when I first started, it was a lot more because it takes more time to kind of get it built up. But now that it's somewhat 
um, steady or somewhat more established, it, um, it, it demands fewer hours. So right now I would say maybe like five to 10 hours a week. Oh, wow. If that, um, and then in the beginning, I would say it was probably more like, I mean, I was a pretty obsessed in the beginning. So maybe like 15 hours, but basically like whenever I could find a spare moment, I was doing it. Um, but yeah, I, th I think during the week, I am just shipping and listing. And then, which is probably like two total hours during the week. And then if I go out shopping to like a thrift store or a yard sale, that's a little bit more of the time commitment. So that's probably like two or three hours a week. Oh, wow. Cool. Well, even five hours a week, you know, for um, a full-time working mom, you know, that may seem a lot to someone, but it sounds like once you get into your routine and kind of make it a part of your everyday, that it sounds like it's something that other uh, working moms could do. Yeah, it, it definitely takes um, a little bit of a commitment because you have, you really have to be consistent with it to, to re reap real rewards. Um, but if you put in the time and stay consistent, then you definitely, um, will see the payoff, I think. And it's the, for me, what's nice about it is, um, I can kind of do it with my kids. So my, my husband owns his own business. And so I'm with the kids like 90% of the time. And before I had kids, I always had like a side hustle. I would always babysit or I would always, you know, have some kind of like little thing on the side that I was doing to make a little bit of extra money. And when I had kids, I felt really trapped because I felt like I couldn't do that anymore um, mm -hmm. until I discovered this. And it was just like, you know, it just felt like a big door opened up for me. And I felt like, you know, it was just a, such a positive thing in my life. Like I wasn't so, um, I don't know, like backed into a corner, I guess, in yeah. terms of my abilities. Right you didn't have to conform to, you know, well, I have children now, so I can't do that. No, you, exactly. you, you can do this. Exactly. Yeah. So it really opened up um, my mind a lot about being an entrepreneur um, and, you know, how to make money. I mean, there's, it's just, you can literally do anything and make money and that, and doing this has really shown me that, you know, so it's, it's been uh, a really amazing thing in my life. So what is the name of your eBay store? Um, it's called Barcroft Basement. Awesome. And how did you start Barcroft Basement? Kind of take me through, I guess it's birth, if you will. Um, how, did, how did it come about? So I... I guess I had sort of dabbled in reselling without even really knowing it. Um, a, maybe a few years ago, I had always kind of been into thrifting, but just for myself, just for like fun clothes and, you know, random things around the house. Um, and I bought a few things and they were like, they were just sitting in my closet with the, you know, thrift store tags still on them. Um, just because they were amazing bargains and I couldn't pass them up, but it was something that I really wasn't ever going to wear. Um, and then one day I was cleaning out my closet and I thought, well, maybe I'll try to sell some stuff 
online. And so I tried to list some stuff on Poshmark and I didn't really get any traction. Um, and then one of the dresses that I had bought that was completely ridiculous and like super formal and I was never gonna wear, um, sold. And I was like, oh my gosh, I, you know, I bought this for like $7 and I think I sold it for 35. And I was like, wow, that's, that's cool. You know, like nice. I for that to happen. So that happened and then, I, but I didn't really sell that many more things. So I kind of gave up. And then um, a few years later, we had some friends in town and they were staying with us and they wanted to check out some estate sales because they were doing reselling at home. It was a couple and they had little kids. Um, and so my husband and I were like, that sounds cool. Like, we'll go with you, you know, we'll yeah. help you find where, where the estate sales are and we'll go with you and you can show us what it's like. So we did that and the four adults and four little tiny kids went to um, a state sales. It was like a circus um, and he was showing us how he shops at estate sales and like what kinds of things to look for. Um, and I bought a few things like totally random things and we got home and he showed me how to list them and I think within a day, like one thing sold and it was a super minimal profit, but it was like maybe like, I don't know, $10 or something dumb. But for me, it was like, oh my gosh, that it happened quickly, you know? So I was like, hmm, let me, I think I could do more of this. And it was really exciting too. So then I started digging through my closet again and I started finding more things and I listed, I don't know, maybe like 10 or 20 things. And then it just sort of snowballed from there. Like things started selling more and more. Obviously, the more listings you have, the more uh, things you sell. It's totally a numbers game. So um, I just continued from there. And yeah, just I was like, like I said, I was really obsessed in the beginning. I put a lot of time in building my listings up. Um, and yeah, right now it's I have like about 400 and almost 450 listings um, and I'm continue to try trying to grow that. So um, hopefully I can quit my full-time job soon. I hope so too, girl. I hope <laughs> so too. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was looking at your eBay store today, actually, um, because I was, um, as I was talking to you before we started recording, you know, Julia's kind of inspired me to also maybe try and sell some stuff on eBay. Um, once I, you know, found out who she was and connected with her and we set up our interview, you know, I'm looking at my closet and I'm seeing some name brand items, never worn brand new with tags. And I'm like, this is someone I need to connect with. This is someone I need to get her story out and I need to kind of pick her brain and see, you know, kind of just how she does it, how she does it all. Um, now, how long have you, has your store been established? Um, so I started the first time we went to that estate sale was February of 2019. Okay. About it. What is that? Like a year and a half? Year and a half. Okay. And roughly in a year and a half, how much profit have you made? Um... Um, I, I want to say for my 2019 taxes, it was about $8,000 just for 2019. Um, so I was really happy with that for, you know, less than a year of selling. Um, 
and then for this year, my goal was to sell 20,000, but um, with the pandemic, I don't know if that's going to happen because there were a bunch of months where thrift stores were closed and I really couldn't yeah. get inventory. So it was kind of a setback, um, but I'm still trying to push forward. And I think for this year so far, I'm probably around the same, maybe like 8,000 wow. to date. So. That's awesome. That's yeah. such a girl boss thing to do. Just saying, hey, I'm just going to, my store is here and I'm going to make some money, <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah, it's super exciting. It's really fun. And I basically get paid to shop. So, yeah, I love that's what's pretty intriguing for me, too. Um, I love to shop and I've actually been thinking about times when I have passed up, like things that are $5 and under that I wish now that I knew I would have kind of picked up because I'm like, ooh, I bet I could get some money from this, you know? So now I'm like on the prowl. Yeah, it's very fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what stuff, is there anything in particular that sells? Like, is there something where you're just like, I know that's going to sell. I have to have it. I have to get it. Is there, how do you know? what's hot and what's not, I guess. <laughs> so I guess going back to your previous question, um, when you asked about how much time I'm putting into it, um, now that you asked me how I know how much stuff sells, I feel like maybe the time was a little bit of an understatement. Okay. And that because I spend a lot of time uh, listening to content on YouTube about reselling. Um, but that being said, a lot of it is multitasking. So I'm listening to those videos like while I'm falling asleep, while I'm doing the dishes, while I'm driving my kids around. Um, yeah. That type of thing. So I have probably hundreds and hundreds of hours of videos that I've listened to and some that I have some I have actually paid for um, to learn about what sells. Um, so I don't I mean, I think I don't know, it's not very intuitive, really. It's I'm, I'm trying to think of how I how Oh, I think it's just experience, really, you just yeah. sell one thing, and then you see you know, you see the things in your store that sell quickly. And then when you see them again, you pick them up again. Yeah. Um, Any so, main brands that like stick out to you or just, I mean, people, I um, mean, I guess people know like, you know, certain name brands, but. Yeah, it's really, it's kind of, it's really hard to say. It's hard to put a, a hard and fast rule on it. Um, it's kind of you know, things that are vintage usually do well, things that are unique, obviously, like, um, like, for example, I'll give you an example. So Under Armour is like a big name, right? And, but it's so the market for Under Armour is so saturated that it doesn't sell for that much because everybody has every, Under Armour everything. Mm -hmm. um, but I was at a thrift store, I don't know, a few months ago, and I saw this like Superman Under Armour shirt. Oh, cool. Very um, like high tech looking and I had never seen anything like it. And so I just grabbed it without even like looking it up or anything. And I got home and I realized they were, they were like some special limited edition oh. Under Marvel shirt yeah. or something. 
Um, and I think I sold it for 60 bucks. Um, so that's a good example of like something that it's a name brand, but it's very unique. Or like a limited edition or like only yeah. this type of, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then also I will say that in general, like larger sizes of clothing do well. Um, not really sure why. I think maybe because like in stores, larger sizes maybe are more expensive and they make less of them. Mm -hmm. um, and so larger sizes tend to do well. Um, yeah, I don't know. It just, it just takes experience really to, to, to say exactly what sells. Yeah, and I guess you'd have to be someone that is savvy and knows name brands and just knows kind of what the market is and is into fashion, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I'm not necessarily only selling clothes, but um, I do sell a lot of clothes. And I will say um, a good rule of thumb is if it's like high quality, then it will sell. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to have the best name brand but if it's good quality then it should sell um how much does the value of an item increase with the tags on it how is that like super important that it has the tag does it matter or does that mean oh it has a tag like that makes it more special um i think it really depends on what the item is um obviously you know, if it's something that, like you said, was a limited edition, then that would increase the value probably more. Um, but for other things where the market is really saturated, then it probably doesn't make a difference. Um, and yeah, I'm trying to think if there's any specific things I can think of where it might make a difference. But I think mostly just if it's more limited or more unique. Like if it's something that is hard to find online, it might make a difference. What is the biggest misconception that new eBay sellers have about selling on eBay or people that just don't know anything about it at all? Um, I think the biggest misconception is that eBay is really hard and it's very, confusing and it's not really it's it's actually fairly simple um but you do have to know a few you know a few things and you have to really you just have to really dive in and learn as you go it's not you know this big scary app or platform it's it's you know it's like everything you figure it out as you go along and you make mistakes and you learn from them and you keep going. What would you say is the most difficult part, the biggest hurdle to get over in starting? Um, in, I, I think for me, there's two hurdles. One is obviously time. Mm -hmm. um, I would like to put so much more time into my business that I don't have. And then the second one is customer service because I really just want people to buy my items and then leave me alone. <laughs> um, and I, of course, I always appreciate when I get positive feedback or when someone lets me know that they really love something or it was exactly what they were looking for and they couldn't find it anywhere else. You know, that's like a, makes me feel really great. Um, 
but you know, there it's customer service. So you're always going to get, you know, the bad apples who, you know, are just never going to be satisfied or, you know, what have you. So that's difficult for me to deal with. And it's even, since it's online, it's even easier to just kind of like, you know, want to write those people off and just like ignore, ignore, like delete their messages. Like I don't have time for Um, but I do my best to try to make everyone happy. And I know, um, in the long run, it's better to just, you know, give someone a refund or, you know, make, you know, figure out how to make them happy and keep on moving. Cause it's not worth the $20 or whatever, you know, that, yeah. that they're arguing over. Is there anything that you wish you would have known, um, before you started or just any piece of advice that may be helpful to others? Um, I, I wish I had just started earlier. Like I wish <laughs> I had realized that this was a thing years ago because I could have been doing it alongside all of my full-time jobs and I could yeah. have been, you know, hit, you know, hitting the grindstone a whole lot harder when I was single and, um, didn't have children. And then also, like I said earlier, I think, um, you know, for people who are just getting started or want to start, you really just have to dive in. Um, don't be afraid to take risks and don't be afraid to make mistakes because mistakes, um, you know, are essentially your education. So, yeah. So basically just get out there and start. Like yeah, that's, yeah. that's kind of what you just need to do. Um, yeah. There is so much content online. Um, it's just, you know, it's just unbelievable. There's not enough hours in the day to, you know, learn this stuff. So if you want to learn it, all you have to do is just, you know, watch a ton of YouTube videos and <laughs> figure it out. That's kind of like what I've been doing. I've been kind of stalking your stuff and then um, I've been watching some YouTube videos. So I'm really excited to try and, and sell something and I can't wait to say I have a sale. <laughs> yeah, fun. Um, is there anything that you won't sell? Is there anything like off limits? You're just like, no, I'm not doing it. Or is, are you really just like, I'll sell anything, you know? Um, for the most part, I will sell anything that will make a decent profit. Um, but more recently I've had a lot of trouble shipping breakable items. Mm. And, um, when I first started, it was really easy to get a refund from USPS. And now I'm not sure if it's just because of everything going on and all of the commotion with yeah. us been a lot harder to get a refund. Um, and so I'm starting to back away from selling breakables more. That makes sense. That's, that would be tough too, because, you know, you'd be wor I'd be worried the entire time making sure it gets there and gets there safe. Yeah, well, in the past, I wasn't so much worried about it because I knew if it got broken, I would still get my money because they would refund the total purchase price that the buyer paid plus the shipping. Mm -hmm. So kind of like a win-win for you, but now it's harder to get that refund. So it's almost just not even worth it. Yeah, too much hassle. Yeah, and you have to spend a lot of time packing that stuff to make sure that it doesn't get broken. And then it's such a bummer when it does get broken and you feel like you packed it so well. So, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, what's the weirdest thing you've ever sold? Uh, or unique, I, or just kind of, I guess, strange to you, or? <laughs> um, I guess I sold some like diabetic medical equipment. Okay. And so that was kind of weird. Like, that's not I don't typical. <laughs> yeah, I like I got it free from a neighbor who whose husband had passed away and she had like a big box of stuff. Um, and so I just said, I'll come pick it up. Not really knowing what, what it, what it was. Um, and I picked it up and it turned out it was like worth a lot of money. So I sold it and I didn't even really know what it was, but I sold it. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, so basically like medicine, medical equipment, like things like that didn't even cross my mind. People buy this on eBay? Yeah, I sold um, a breast pump. Like I got a brand new breast pump wow. from someone and I sold that. I sold, I mean, just anything, like any, yeah. I mean, <laughs> trying to think, cause I know there was a weird one recently. I've sold like wigs, I've sold, um, limited edition food, like limited edition flavors of coffee, um, hmm. old and limited, uh, limited edition, like just anything, Starbucks mugs that really, you know, you can go out and buy them in the store for $25 and I flipped them for 50. Um, yeah, so nice. just, anything. I mean, you can literally find money anywhere. Wow. Well, that's really inspiring to me because I got a lot of crap in my house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And just start watching your, your videos on how to, how to resell and then walk around your house and make a pile of stuff. And that's really the best. Another good piece of advice for people who are starting out is don't um, go out and buy a bunch of stuff in the beginning because you're not really going to know what sells the best way to start is to not invest money, walk around your house and, you know, sell things you're not using or ask neighbors and friends if they have, you know, anything they're going to donate and you can go through that stuff and sell that stuff first. What do you have? What's like the most expensive item you sold? Um, like the highest sale price that I got or the highest like price that I paid? I guess the highest thing, the highest price that you sold something for. Um, like your biggest sale, I guess I should say. Gosh. I want to say I sold a few things close to $300. One was the uh -huh. breast. It was brand new. I want to say that was like 270 or 280. Um, and then... I've sold some Lego sets for like around a hundred. Um, I've sold probably, yeah, I would say probably the breast pump was the most, I can't think of there if there was another one, but I've sold so many things. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. So, I mean, a hundred bucks for a Lego set, that's, 
I mean, yeah, there's a lot of money in Legos too. I don't really know that much about them, but um, that is like one thing that pays pays well to look up those items and see if they're worth money. Kids toys too, I guess you could say. And there's a market out there. It sounds like um, for for that um, yeah. to get a like vintage kids toys or like we were saying anything that's like limited edition or they stopped making. Yeah. Awesome. Um, what would you say is a good price point to stay at when at a thrift store at the Goodwill um, that you kind of want to, if you're buying something to resell, like, eh, you know, it has to be this price or under. Um, well, I would say my kind of general, my average price point is probably like around $5. Um, but that's going to vary for everyone kind of based on where you live, where you're sourcing items. Um, yeah. Sometimes some people have thrift stores by them where they have like, do, you know, dollar days or half off days and they might be able to get a lot of things for cheap. I live in the DC area and it's very expensive here. Right. So um, $5 is kind of around where I, what I pay for things, but I will pay more for things. Um, if I know, for example, that it will be a, a quick flip or if it will be a bigger profit. So I might spend like 30 or $40 if I'm going to get a hundred out of it. Um, so it really just depends, but I would say my average is probably around $5. Okay. So $5 or under is kind of good to start with at least for a roundabout kind of like you don't want to spend too much money and get your hopes up, you know, kind of try and stick to something more cheaper. So yeah. And with you living so close to DC, I can only imagine your thrift shops are probably ten much ten times more better than ours because you have that that um, how do I want to put it uh, more high end shopping. Yeah, and Pittsburgh has to offer. <laughs> yeah, I'm not really sure. I haven't done a whole lot of thrifting in other cities. I would love to. Um, I do. I have gone in Rochester, New York, because that's where my husband is from. And there are a bunch of thrift stores there. Um, and I definitely did notice that we have a lot of not necessarily higher end brands. Like you do find here and there some higher end brands that I probably wouldn't be able to find in other cities. But just in general, like the, the fashions are different, the styles are different, and the things that you find here are definitely different so yeah um what are what's some like can you share any like weird ebay jargon that maybe like once you're starting ebay you know how like you learn certain words or things that just kind of that only like ebay sellers people would know or i mean i guess like some super basic ones are like obviously auction versus like buy it now. So I think back in the day when eBay first started, like pretty much everything was auction. And now um, probably the majority of listings are buy it now where you just put your price um, and then you can, you can have, you can set it to be able to receive offers. Oh, 
so that's some like super basic jargon and then the other one that's probably good for for really new people to know is calculated shipping um, and so that's where you would put in the weight and the dimensions of the item and then eBay will automatically charge the person the correct shipping based on where they live wow. and the weight of the item so I don't I don't usually do that type of shipping anymore but um, if you're starting out that's probably the way to go so that you don't get burned on shipping. So it sounds like it would be good to have some type of a scale or something to weigh your items. Yeah. So you know. Have a little, you know, like $20 postage scale that I bought offline and it works just fine. There you go. I'm going to have to find one on eBay. Yep. <laughs> I've actually started looking at a bunch of stuff on there. I want to buy um, because through my research, I found that it's good for you to kind of gain your reputation as a buyer um, sometimes before you sell. Yep. Um, just because I guess if you want to touch on that, I found that you need to establish yourself a little bit to get kind of some credits for yourself. Is that kind of? Yeah. So if you have an established eBay account where you purchased um, things in the past and you already have some feedback from other sellers, then that's definitely the account that you want to use. If you are just starting off and you have like zero feedback, um, you are more likely to be a target for scams and oh. um, fraud. And also people are less, I don't think people are going to not buy your items because I don't think that, you know, it's a, a huge issue, a huge factor. Um, but I think it will be a factor if you have zero feedback. Um, so yeah, you are on the right track. Definitely. If you want to build up your feedback, then definitely, um, start shopping on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just told my fiance, I said, Hey, if you need anything, just kind of let me know. I'm going to look at it on eBay. So <laughs> So, um, Julia, where can people find you on social media and how can they um, find your eBay store? Um, so I am pretty much just on Instagram right now. Um, and my Instagram is my, uh, also the same name as my eBay store, which is Barcroft Basement, B-A-R-C-R-O-F-T and then Basement. Um, and if you go to my Instagram, then in my profile there, there's a link to my eBay store. Awesome. And I will be sure, um, to tag your um, Instagram handle whenever I upload my post on social media about this episode. So Great. you guys can all follow her <laughs> and check out her store. Is there anything, Julia, that you kind of want to get out about your eBay store or just any kind of advice you want to get out? Or is there anything we didn't touch on that you think is important kind of to everybody? Um. I think just going back to what I said earlier, I just want to reiterate for your listeners that you can literally make money doing anything. Um, so the idea is just that you get started and 
you know, don't let fear hold you back, I guess, and then learn as you go. And if you decide it's not working, you can always try something else um, or you can, you know, pivot and go a different route. You just never give up and you'll always see the light at the end of the tunnel. Oh, I love that message. Love it. So mm -hmm. great. Well, um, Julia, thank you so much for just sharing your story today, how you started your um, eBay store. Um, it's super inspiring to me, and I hope it also reaches others to inspire them as well. So. Thank you. I appreciate it. It was fun talking to you. Yeah, thank you so much. So Julia has an amazing, inspiring story, and I am so glad she agreed to come on the Just Saying podcast to share about her eBay store. Um, and since we ended recording our episode, I actually found almost 20 items in my closet with tags, with tags on them um, that I'm going to try and sell. So she sparked some inspiration in me to try and earn some extra money from home. And Julia does this while balancing work and family life. So just saying, if she can do it, I can probably do it. And you can probably do it too. Um, so good vibes energy out there. Um, just saying good vibes. So moving on to a separate non-related topic to eBay and Julia. Um, I don't know if you guys... No, but Paris Hilton, oh, well, okay, so I just watched the Paris Hilton, it's a docu-type film, on YouTube, and it basically kind of goes through her childhood, how she was raised, um, there's some interviews with other family members, so it kind of got disturbing, I, I see her in a whole different light now. I've always been a Paris Hilton fan. I love her. The Simple Life's hilarious. That's just like, when you think reality TV, that's one of the reality shows that started, that was kind of like the foundation for the core, like, fresh new reality. This was something new, you know, when they were doing it. It's not something like it is today, you know, um, where there's... Uh, thousands of different reality shows out there you know they were doing something at that time very fresh it's hilarious like I love it um they talked about that and um I just see her so differently now um long story short to wrap it up basically she was sent to a school um in Utah that was abusive it sounds like in all ways shapes and forms so I don't want to you know, if you guys want to watch it, go ahead. It's very um, eye-opening. But it turns out she kept this and ended up there's this movement now going on with other survivors um, from this school in Utah that just was not doing some nice things to the students there. And um, I guess it's still an operation from what I understand per the documentary. But they're trying to stop it and they're trying to bring awareness and try and get other survivors to come forward and just kind of band together. I guess there's children there, they said as young as 8 and 10 years old, uh, under these strict regimens. So I kind of feel like more is to come from that. I feel like 
this is not the only school out there that operates like this. So there's probably more to come from that. But um, yeah, so that's all I have for you. Sending you lots of good vibes and wherever you're listening from, I hope you're having a great day. Bye now. You just listened to an episode of the podcast, Just Saying. Stories and experiences meant to connect people with information to enlighten. Stay tuned for new episodes on Spotify.